0: If you would go to take your bibles out let's turn to the gospel of mark the gospel of mark chapter number one we'll be finishing up the first chapter of mark this morning so we're moving on to second the second chapter next week but the gospel of mark chapter number one we'll be taking a look at verse 40 uh, down to verse number 45 verse number 40 down to verse number 45 and continuing on where we picked off last time Uh, That would have been two weeks ago. Verse 40 says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could could no more openly enter the the city, but was without in desert places, And they came to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. And God, we have seen your power displayed. God, all throughout this chapter. Mark chapter 1. And God, we just thank you, Lord, and we praise you, God, that we serve an all-powerful God, that we serve an omnipotent God. God, who has power over sin. God, the one who has redeemed and has delivered every single one of us who has placed our faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the account before us, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just give us understanding. God, I pray that we'd have hearts that are open and tender and receptive and teachable this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless the preaching and teaching of your word. God, I pray you'd uphold me by your spirit. And God, help me. God, to say what you'd have me to say, Lord, nothing more and nothing less. May Christ be honored. May Christ be exalted. Lord, work in hearts, work in lives. Speak to hearts through your holy word. God, may we leave today changed, changed by your word in some way. God, may we be ready to change. May may we have hearts that are ready to receive and ready to apply your truth. Guide us, I pray, Lord. Help us, God, now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we want to continue on with our study through the Gospel of Mark. And I'll put a map up on the screen just to show you kind of the region we're working with right here. Last time we were together, which would have been our last week, we were in this study, which would have been two weeks ago. We saw that Christ had just begun a preaching tour through the region of Galilee. And if you look at the upper part of the map right there, uh, you'll see the region of Galilee right here. Uh, Christ was just in the city of Capernaum. Remember, he was that's where he Uh, Was in the temple preaching with or the the synagogue i should say again teaching with authority unlike the scribes Uh, people sat in amazement as they listened to him Uh, that was where christ cast out that demon that demon that was in that possessed man and that was where christ healed uh, peter's mother Um, so we find here again we find here peter's mother-in-law we find here that christ had finished that again the crowds had flocked to him he had spent from sun up to sundown and even after sundown healing the sick and casting out demons and, again, helping those who came to him. And then we look at the fact that Jesus Christ, uh, again, got away from the crowds. Again, early in the morning he arose and he went away into a solitary place where he spent time alone with the Father in prayer. And we talked about the example of Christ and the importance of his prayer life and how that, that ought to be an example for every single one of us. You know, there are times... Uh, really, on a daily basis, when you need to have a time where you get alone with God and you spend with God in prayer, uh, that may be a quiet place in your house. That may be, uh, again, when you're in your car alone, wherever that is, getting alone with God. We see that. We see that ex- that example with Jesus Christ, who communed with the Father. But then we saw. The multitudes came to him Again, there was a search party for christ led by the disciples again They they saw that christ was missing christ was gone. So they pursued him. They came to him. They found him And again christ didn't go back to capernaum even though the crowds wanted him back in capernaum Why was that? I think a big reason was because jesus knew the hearts of men As as we as i've mentioned in previous sermons jesus knew that many of those people who flocked to him came to him For superficial reasons by the end of his ministry the crowds are gone those same multitudes that flock to Christ are crying out, crucify him, crucify him, at the end of his ministry. They, they wanted the healing. They wanted the, the physical benefits that Christ offered. They wanted the blessings, the, the extra blessings that Christ offered. But they didn't want his teachings. They didn't want his words. They didn't want his doctrine. And Jesus told his disciples, again, that he was not going back to Capernaum. He will in the future, as we'll see next week. Uh, but Christ said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Jesus reminded his disciples, the reason I came was to preach. The reason I came was to preach this message of salvation, was to preach the gospel. That was the primary reason Jesus Christ came. And we see that all throughout his earthly ministry, the miracles and the healings, those were all those were a part of his ministry but those were merely there to authenticate his message, to authenticate that he truly was the son of God, that he truly was the Messiah. So we see that Jesus, uh, again, didn't go back to Capernaum. He uh, says he, he preached in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. So Jesus began this preaching tour throughout the region of Galilee. And we pick up today with a uh, with an account here in verse number 40 down to verse number 45 where Jesus meets a leper. Where Jesus meets a leper and this meeting will change the life of this man forever. Again, so it is with everyone who meets the Lord Jesus Christ in a saving way. They are changed forever. So I think there's some lessons we can draw out from this passage here this morning. And I think this is really a great picture that is provided us here Of The spiritual truth of what happens when somebody gets saved Uh, A picture of salvation in Jesus Christ That is seen in this man that that was cleansed A couple of things I want to take a look at Beginning in verse number 40 We see first of all the leper's condition The leper's condition Take a look at the first part of verse 40 And it says there came a leper Or there came a leper unto him And we'll stop right there And I've already dealt with the fact that Jesus Christ came into this world during his earthly ministry. He primarily came to deal with the big issue, which was the sin issue. All right. Ever since the fall of man, God promised that he would send a redeemer. God promised that he would send a Messiah, that he would send one who would crush the head of the serpent. And that was Jesus Christ. Again, one who would come and one who would deal with the sin issue, one who would uh, deal with the issue of sin and death once and for all, and that was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to deal with the spiritual needs of men, but Jesus authenticated his message and, again, his claim as, as the Messiah with his miracles and with his healings. In Matthew chapter 11, if you want to turn there with me, in Matthew chapter 11, we find uh, that this is the case. Give you a few seconds to get there. Matthew chapter 11. We find here that Jesus pointed to his miracles to authenticate to John the Baptist. That he was the prophesied Messiah. Take a look at verse number 2 of Matthew 11. Now read down to verse number 5. It says, Now when John... Again, this is speaking of John the Baptist. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them this was all prophesied that these would be the characteristics of the messiah that this would be his ministry right here and we find that that is the case and we we find one example of that here in mark 1 verse 40 down to verse 45 where jesus christ healed this leper now leprosy was one of the most if not the most dreaded disease in bible times it's a disease again that we don't know much about in America, but again, there's still third world countries where uh, this disease is still present. Uh, leprosy was such a dreaded disease because it was a deadly disease. To contract leprosy was to be given a death sentence. Uh, again, it was it was a it was a fatal disease, and it was it was a disease that. Again, was, was a very difficult disease in the sense that it destroyed the body. It destroyed human flesh slowly and in a very gruesome and unsightly way that always resulted in death. In Bible times, lepers were considered to be the living dead of society. Uh, they, would be, they, would, they would be totally isolated from society, from family, from friends, from all those they loved, from all those they knew. They'd be totally ostracized and excluded from society. Lepers would be required to wear uh, the clothing of those who of those who mourned. And whenever somebody came along, again, anywhere close to them, they were commanded, they were called uh, to cry out, unclean, unclean. Nobody was allowed to come near a leper. People were to stay far away from those with leprosy. Leviticus 13, verse 45 and 46 says, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp shall be his habitation. Leprosy was a deadly disease. It it was a disease that disfigured the body. And it was a disease that was dreaded by just about everybody in society. Leprosy was the disease that you that you did not want to get. And it was a death sentence upon those who received it. So we find here this leper comes to Christ and he is in a desperate. He, ha, he is in a desperate condition. And human help won't do him any good. Family and friends can't do him any good. Human doctors can't do him any good at this point in his life. No, he has a deadly disease and he is just waiting for his time to die. As his body slowly, uh, slowly decays. Can we find here really a picture again, a, of this man's hopeless situation, his helpless situation? And we find here really a picture of every single person again outside of Jesus Christ. How every single person is born into this world. This man was defiled with leprosy, it was a deathly disease. Again, so is the spiritual disease, disease of sin. We have a great picture here of sin and of those outside of Christ and of our spiritual state before salvation. There's a couple of ways in which we can apply that. First of all, just as leprosy eventually affected the entire body. It would start out small, but it would eventually affect uh, from the top of the head to the sole of the foot. And again, it would, it would affect and it would, it would just eat away, again, the, the human body. And so it is with sin. Again, sin is inside of us. Sin is, has, has corrupted us. It has defiled us. Every single person has a sinful nature. And just as leprosy worked its way from the inside out, so sin begins within the heart. Sin begins in the thoughts and it works its way out into the words and into the actions of one's life. Another similarity is just as leprosy was a death sentence, so the Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin is death, that is eternal death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die, Ezekiel 18 says. Another similarity is just as leprosy was beyond the means of human help, so the problem of sin cannot be cured, cannot be helped by any human effort or any aid of man. Again, it is it is a spiritual disease. Sin is a spiritual disease that only God can help you with. Just as leprosy could only be cured through a miracle of God. So the so the sin issue can only be dealt with through the miracle of salvation. You see, outside of Jesus Christ, all people are infected with this fatal disease of sin. It is, a, it is a, a disease, it is a spiritual disease that destroys their life, that defiles them from the inside out, and it results in eternal damnation. It is a desperate condition to be in. Just like this leper who came to Christ, he was in a desperate position. He was just awaiting his death. Again, his body was, was totally defiled. Again, no human help would do him any good. He needed the help of God. And so it is with every single person that is born into this world. We are born in a state of sin. We are born separated by because of our sin from God. And therefore, we are in a desperate situation. We need the mercy of God. We need the help of God. We need God to intervene into our life and to, and, and to heal us spiritually and to help us just like this man needed help. Let's continue on, though, in verse 40. Verse 40. We also see the leper's petition. Let's continue on in verse 40. It says, There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. You see, the leper realized that there was only one person that could help him, and that was the Lord. That was Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't specify how he came to know of Christ. But maybe through a friend, maybe through a family member, maybe through a neighbor, he came to hear of Christ. Maybe he saw some of the miracles of Christ, but some way, somehow he came to learn of Jesus Christ. And he recognized that human help was in vain. There was one person he had to get to because there was only one person who could help him. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see him coming to Christ, which would have been, again, totally contrary to the thinking of the day. Again, lepers were not allowed to come near to people. You, know, you stayed outside of society. You stayed outside of town in, 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 in a leper colony, oh, far away from people. But he recognized because the situation was so desperate, he needed the help of the one person who could do something about his leprosy. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to Christ. We find him here. And this is really a great picture of how a sinner ought to approach God for mercy. Again, he needed the cleansing power of God, and so it is with all those who are born into this world. Again, we all need the cleansing of God. We need the forgiveness of God. We need the mercy and the grace of God, and that is only found in Jesus Christ. So let's consider how he came to Christ and parallel that with, again, how a sinner ought to approach God for his mercy. First of all, we find that the leper came to him, and you say, well, Doug, and that's that's clear from the text— Again, but I think there's—I think we should park here for a little bit because I think this is, a, this is an important point. He had to come. He had to come to Christ. He couldn't just stay outside. He couldn't just stay outside of the town, away from Christ. No, he had to personally come to Christ. And all throughout the Bible, we find invitations from God to lost humanity to come unto Him. And to find salvation and to find mercy and to find rest for the soul in Christ. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In John 6:37, 37, the, the verse says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. In John 7, 37, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. So God's invitation is in place. God has given this invitation to all men, to whosoever will respond to the life-saving message of the gospel. You may come and receive mercy. The fountain of mercy is wide open, but you must come. Nobody can come for you. You must come, you must receive, you must, you must flee to Christ and find hope and forgiveness in him. In John 5:40, Jesus was speaking to the unbelieving Jews of his day. And Jesus said this, he said, and ye will not come to me that he might have life. So it wasn't a matter of God's willingness to save them and help them. It was a matter of their unwillingness to come. Jesus made it clear, ye will not come. That he might have life. Life has been offered. The choice is before you, life or death, but you're choosing death over life. God is offering you life, God is giving you a chance to respond to his life saving message. But you choose death over life. You will not come to me that he might have life. And tragically, that is the condition of many people in the world. Again, many people in the world around us that will stand before God one day, and they will stand in judgment before God. Again, why? Because they did not receive the mercy of God. Again, the offer was there. Again, that's one reason we go out, we tell people about the life-saving message of the gospel. We make the invitation clear. Come to Christ. Receive mercy. Receive grace. Receive everlasting life. Peace with God. Through Jesus Christ. But the tragedy is that most people will not come. Why do they not come? They don't come because of pride. They don't want to humble themselves before God and admit their sin. And admit that God is, is Lord and that God is who he is. And that they're not God. Why, why don't people come to Christ? Because of love of sin. They realize that if they're going to come to Christ, they must turn their back upon their sin. And and, and flee to Christ and find 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 new life in him they love their sin too much to uh to to flee to christ and find the and, and receive the offer of salvation and you must personally come to christ you must personally receive his mercy and we see that this leper again first of all he came there had to come a point in his life when he made a decision i don't care about the crowds i don't care about the stigma in society Again, I I know that as a leper, I'm not, again, I'm I'm supposed to stay outside of town, far away from people. But I need help. And I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go through town. Again, I'll I'll, I'll kneel before Christ. Again, I'll find this one. Why? Because I I am going to die. And I need the only one. I need Christ. I need Jesus, the one who can cleanse me and help my desperate condition. Secondly, we find that this leper came with a sense of desperation. He came with a sense of desperation. The Bible says the leper came beseeching him. That word beseech, it means to entreat, to supplicate, to implore, to ask or pray with urgency. Why, why was this leper so urgent? Why was he so desperate? There, there's nothing casual about his coming to Christ. No, he was desperate. Again, he, 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 he recognized he, he had a short window of time. And he had to get to Christ. And he wasn't going to allow allow anything or anyone stop him from getting to the only one who could help him. This man's condition was severe. Man's help was useless. Man's help was vain. It's similar to what the psalmist said to God in Psalm 108 verse 12. Give us help from trouble for vain is the help of men. this, This leper knew that going to anybody else, again, they couldn't do anything. They may be able to sympathize with him or show, give him some food or help him here and there. But again, they could not help the issue that he was dealing with. He recognized because of the desperate state that he was in, that there was only one person who could help him. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, why most most people don't run to Christ with a sense of desperation because they don't recognize their desperate condition. Most people don't run to Christ with a, desperate, uh, with a sense of desperation because they don't recognize their desperate condition. This man knew that he didn't have long to live. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke that he was full of leprosy, which implies that he was in the advanced stages of, of, of this disease that he was dealing with. He didn't have long to live. He needed the cleansing of God right now, he couldn't wait any longer. He couldn't wait another week, he couldn't wait another two months. No, he needed the mercy of God, he needed the cleansing of Christ now. And he had a sense of desperation. Because he realized that death was coming. He realized that his that his that his future was bleak. He recognized his condition. That's one reason why when we share the gospel with people, you have to get people lost before they get saved. Because if people don't understand the spiritual disease that they're dealing with, which is going to result in, in eternal damnation in hell, again, people won't, won't seek out a cure. They won't seek out the help. They won't flee to the cross. But if people, if people realize the desperate situation they are in outside of Jesus Christ, again, why would they not flee to Christ? People must see the desperate, the desperate condition, the desperate situation that they are in. Again, people need to recognize that apart from Jesus Christ, apart from Jesus Christ, outside of Christ, they are a heartbeat away from death. They are a heartbeat away. They are a breath away from an eternity in hell. And that's a scary thought. And that's a thought that we ought to, again, we ought to, again, even as believers, We ought to recognize the plight of those around us and recognize, again, that life is short. Life is fragile. We need to get out. We need to share the gospel. We need to help people see their desperate conditions so that they seek Christ. So they seek the only solution that is in the Lord Jesus Christ with a sense of urgency, with a sense of desperation. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that, that this life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. And the door of mercy is only open for a, for a short time. You can go into it while you have a chance. This man recognized that his time was short. He recognized that, that this day was the day of his cleansing. Let's continue on, though. Or actually, we'll get to that in just a bit. Thirdly, the leper came with a sense of humility. The leopard wasn't proud whenever he came. He came in a very low state. He came in a very humble state. The Bible says the leper came kneeling down to him. In Luke 5, 12, it says that he fell on his face before Christ. He came with a sense of reverence. He came with a sense of humility, recognizing he didn't deserve cleansing. He didn't deserve help from from Christ, but oh, how he needed it. Again, he had to get to Christ because this was his only hope this was his only this was his only chance to be cleansed from this dreadful disease the bible says that god resists the proud and god gives grace unto the humble god resists the proud god gives grace unto the humble one bible commentator adam clark says this and i quote he says a sinner truly penitent seeks god with a respectful faith approaches him in a spirit of adoration Humbles himself under his mighty hand, acknowledging the greatness of his fall and the vileness of his sin. His prayer like that of the leper should be humble, plain and full of confidence in that God who can do all things and of dependence upon his will or mercy from which all good things must be derived. And then lastly, the leper came with a heart of faith. The leper came with a heart of faith. Notice uh, this verse here. It says, when he comes to Christ, he kneels down to him. The Gospel of Luke says he falls on his face. He says unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What was he saying? He recognized the exclusivity of Christ. He recognized that Christ and Christ alone was his only hope. If he was going to be healed, only Christ could help him. He recognized the power of Christ. Maybe he had seen it displayed in other instances, but he recognized that this was the one he needed. He recognized that this was the only one who could heal him. He recognized this was the only one who could help his desperate situation. No doctor, no religious teacher, no family member, no friend could help him in this situation. Only Christ. Christ and Christ alone and we find that he comes before christ with a with a heart of faith trusting that christ had the power to cleanse him trusting that christ had the power and the ability to cleanse him from this leprosy and we also find that his faith was in submission to god's will he said if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean he didn't demand he didn't command christ to heal him he came reverently he came humbly recognizing christ's power But also God's will. And that's the thing here is when sinners come to Christ for mercy and grace for salvation, they must come with a heart of faith. They must recognize, number one, God is willing, the Bible says. Again, God wills that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says. Again, God desires that, that, that sinners turn from their way and turn to Christ and find hope and salvation in Christ. So the, God, God, God is willing. God desires to save those who come to him. But not only that, again, it wouldn't do any good if God was just willing but unable to do it. God is both willing and able to do it. God is willing to save and God is able to save because he's the almighty God of the universe. And because he has that ability to change our situation. He has that ability to save to the uttermost all those who come to him all those who recognize their desperate condition that outside of christ they are lost and they are going they are going to hell and that in christ in christ alone there is hope and if they flee to christ again god is both willing to save and god is also able to save to the uttermost all those who come to christ all those who, 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 who place their faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone for salvation. And that is good news. That is good news. Let's continue on, though. Take a look at verse 41. And we also see the Lord's compassion. The Lord's compassion. Verse 41. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And I will be thou clean. Again, Jesus didn't do what most, probably everyone else in society would have done. Again, there were those who, if a leper came close, again, they would they would go the other way. If a leper came close, they would throw rocks at the leper to keep them away. There was no way a leper was getting close to them. But we see that was not the case with Christ. Christ allowed him to come to him. Christ allowed him, not only that, to come near. Not only that, the Bible says he touched him. The Bible says that Christ touched him. He put forth his hand. He touched him, and we find the compassion of Christ that he had for this leper. Jesus didn't just ignore him. He didn't turn his back upon him. No, this leper that had come humbly and reverently and with a heart of faith and Christ was willing to show him mercy. Christ was willing to show him compassion in the midst of his suffering. And Jesus Christ came near. And the Bible says he put forth his hand. He touched him. And we see his compassion to this leper. Psalm 8615 says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, longsuffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. And aren't you thankful for the compassion of God? For the grace and the mercy of God. For the long-suffering of God. The fact that God is not only compassionate, but God is full of compassion, the Bible says. In other places, the Bible says God is rich in mercy. God desires to show mercy. God desires to, to extend his compassion to those who are suffering again under the weight of sin. We see that this man came to Christ humbly and and with a heart full of faith in Christ. And Christ touched him and Christ healed him of his leprosy. Again, going back to the previous verse, this man had, had petitioned Christ and said, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He knew, again, he knew that Christ alone could help him. But we find here that Christ was also willing to help him. Christ responded, I will be thou clean. And if you're here this morning, and again, you're saved by the grace of God, then God has extended the same compassion towards you. A compassion that is undeserving. A compassion that is unearned, yet God has given you the fullness of his compassion. God has been rich in mercy towards you. God has showered his grace upon you. Because that is who God is. God is full of compassion. God desires to show compassion to those who come to him in faith. But again, in the next verse, we find what happened to the leper when Christ touched him. Verse 42, we see the leper's transformation. Verse 42, it says, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Jesus didn't tell him. You know, again, I, I'll, I'll pray over you and I'll send you home. And again, in a, in a few weeks, give it a couple of weeks and you'll start feeling better. Here's some medicine today. No, the Bible says Christ touched him. Christ spoke. He was healed totally, completely, instantaneously. He was totally healed. Again, his, his skin went, went back to how it was before. Again, the leprosy was completely gone. It was gone internally. It was gone externally. Again, he was a, he was, he was a changed man. He was a new man. Why? Because he met the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, that meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ on this day was this man's probably the best day of his life. Because he had found the mercy of God. He had received the grace of God. He had received the compassion of God. He had been cleansed by Christ. The only one who can help who who could help him. Again, his desperate situation was no more. He had been cleansed. He had been transformed by Christ. And so it is for all those who come to Christ with a heart of faith, trusting Christ in Christ alone, acknowledging their sinfulness and the vileness of their sin, but who flee to Christ and who throw themselves upon the mercy of God in Christ. And the Bible makes it clear again that they uh, will be cleansed. They will be totally transformed by Christ. Psalm 103. Let's actually turn there together. Keep your spot in Mark. Psalm 103. This man's life would never be the same. And so it is for all those who come to Christ and and receive his mercy and grace and salvation. The Bible says that they are new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. The leprosy is gone. All things are become new. He was a changed man. He was a cleansed man. He was a new man in Christ. In Psalm 103, verse number 10 down to verse number 12, we find here a description Of the mercy of God that is bestowed upon those who come to him for cleansing. Uh, Take a look at verse number 10. And the Bible says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now stop right there. That is the testimony of every believer in Jesus Christ. Again, because of my sins, I deserve death. I deserve the wrath of God. I deserve the judgment of God because I have violated his law, not just once, but many times, both externally and internally. Again, and I deserve death and I deserve judgment and I deserve hell because of my sin. But notice here, he hath not dealt with us after our sins. The death that I deserved was placed upon Christ. The judgment that I deserved was placed upon Christ, my substitute. The one who died in my place, the one who died for the ungodly. It says, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. The wages of sin is death, but Christ took it in my place. And Christ took my death in my place. He gave me mercy instead of judgment. And that's the truth. That's the good news of the gospel. The fact that, yes, you deserve death. You deserve judgment. You deserve hell because of your sin. But God has made a way through Jesus Christ. In which, in which Christ takes your death upon himself. As he has bore your sin upon himself on Calvary. And he gives you life in exchange. He gives you mercy in exchange. He gives you grace in exchange. Something you don't deserve. Yet he freely bestows it upon you. Let's continue on Though verse number 11. It says, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Again, how high is the heaven above the earth? We don't know. It just goes on and on and on and on and on, right? It's, it's, uh, from our perspective, it's, it just keeps going. There, there's no limit to it. And we find here, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Let's continue on, though. Uh, verse number 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Same question. All right, our similar question, how far is the east from the west? Anyone know? Just keeps going. Start going east, start going west. Again, trace the line, and what happens? Again, they never come together. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And the Bible makes it clear that that is how far he has removed our sins from us, from believers in Jesus Christ. Again, his, his mercy is immeasurable. You can't measure it. You can measure the mercy of God that he bestows upon those who fear him, that he bestows upon those who flee to him and find forgiveness and, and grace in Christ. Colossians 2.13. Colossians 2.13 says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. The Bible makes it clear that in Christ you have been forgiven all all trespasses, you have been forgiven. All those trespasses, you've been quickened in Christ, and you've been cleansed, and your sin has been removed. The penalty of sin from your account has been removed. And we find here that this leper, back in Mark chapter one, this leper met Jesus Christ, and it changed his life. Again, Christ touched him, and Christ healed him, Christ cleansed him, Christ transformed him and so it is with every single person who comes before Christ like this like this leper in a desperate situation who comes before Christ as a lost sinner again recognizing just the the, the, how they've been defiled by their sin the vileness of their sin that they don't deserve mercy they don't deserve grace but there's only one who can give them that and who's offering that and that is Jesus Christ there's only one that they must get to and they must get to today There's, there's no putting this off They must get to Christ as soon as possible because he alone can help them. And just as this leper kneeled before Christ and again by faith, again, again, he exercised faith in his heart towards Christ. So it is for all those who come to Christ, acknowledging their sin, but also receiving the mercy and the cleansing and the grace of God that is found in Jesus Christ. And has your life been touched by a merciful and compassionate God? Has your life been cleansed from sin? Is your slate clean before God? Has your sin been removed as far as the east is from the west? Again, if if you're not saved, then then the answer is no. But there is hope in Christ. And if you're here this morning and you've been saved by the grace of God, again, rejoice in the mercy of God. Rejoice in the grace of God that has been bestowed upon you. Let's continue on, though. In verse 43 down to verse 45, we find the Lord's instruction. The Lord's instruction. Take a look at verse 43 and 44. It says, And he, that's Christ, straightly charged him, the leper, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So Christ Christ, uh, charged this man, and we find in these verses, Says he straightly charged him two things. Tell no other man. And then, number two, go to the priest. Go show yourself unto the priest and offer the prescribed offerings that are contained in the law of God. I had a couple of observations here. First of all, why did Christ command this? Okay, why did Christ command him, number one, to stay silent? And number two, to go to the priest and to offer up the prescribed sacrifices, to show himself unto the priest? Uh, two reasons for this. Number one would be to honor the law of God. To honor the law of God. To fulfill what Moses had commanded. And then number two is for a testimony unto them. Okay, Christ makes that clear. Go show yourself unto the priest. Uh, again, offer for thyself cleansing, or offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the religious leaders and show them. And in showing them, again, you're, you're going to show them that the Messiah has come. Again, go show them that you've been cured of an incurable disease. This may have been the first time that any of these priests had had to go through this cleansing ceremony. This man who had this fatal disease, again, no, man, no other person could help him. But he met the one person who could help him. And Christ says, go to the priest and show them what has been done. Show them what has happened to you. And offer the prescribed offerings that Moses has commanded in the law. And he told him to go show himself to the priest. Again, to to really show that the Son of God had come. To show that the Messiah had come. Again, this would have been a strong testimony to the priests that, that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He was the one that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. And I already read this verse, but in Matthew 11:5. 5. Again, what would be the characteristics of the Messiah? The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The, lip, the, the lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the gospel preached unto them. That is the mark of the Messiah. And Christ performed these things. Christ, again, healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers to authenticate his message and his claim to be the Messiah. Let's come to verse number 45. And it says, but he, that's the leper who's just been cleansed. He went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter. All right, so did he obey or disobey? He disobeyed. He's not doing what Christ told him told him to do. Christ told him, don't tell any person. Go to the priest. And we see he, he goes forth and he he blazes abroad this, this matter. He goes and he tells those around him. He maybe goes back into the city and he, he shares with his friends and his family. What has happened to him? It says here, In so much that Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. So we find here, Again, that he had been cleansed by Christ, but we see he didn't follow the commands of Christ. He didn't do what Christ had told him to do. And actually what what, what happened because of that is it actually hindered the ministry of Christ. His disobedience hindered the ministry of Christ. So much so, we find here that Christ could no longer openly enter into the city. Christ went out into the desert places. Christ went out into the solitary places. The, The crowds were flocking unto him. But Christ was unable to continue his 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 ministry in the city at this point because of this man's disobedience, because he did not obey the command of Christ. And this is a reminder for those who have been cleansed by Christ. This man had had been fully cleansed instantaneously, totally cleansed from his leprosy. No more leprosy. And I'm sure there was great rejoicing in his heart. But Christ gave him a command and he didn't follow that command. And there are many people in the world and many people in this room who can say, I have been cleansed by Christ. He has washed my sins away by his blood. And he has forgiven me all trespasses in Jesus Christ. Again, i I going to have a glorious hope in Jesus Christ, both now and forever. Again, I have been saved by the grace of God. I've received the mercy of God. But we find here that this cleansed leper, although he had been cleansed, again, hindered the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ because of his Disobedience, and we can do the same thing. Again, just because you've been cleansed all your trespasses, just because you've been you've been uh, uh, totally washed by your, your sins have been washed away and cast as far as the east is from the west, we find that as a believer, when we sin in our actions and our words in whatever way, we find that what we do uh, again is we hinder the work of the Lord that He is trying to do in both our life. And in the lives, oftentimes even in the lives of those around us because of our poor testimony. And we find the importance of following Christ, of obeying Christ, of of aligning our lives in submission to the word of Jesus Christ. We want to be vessels that Christ can fill and Christ can use, but if there's sin in our life, again, then Christ cannot use us as his vessel. Christ cannot use us as his servants. Like he desires to use us. Again in our poor testimony. In our, our disobedience to Christ. Again it hinders the testimony of Christ. The name of Jesus Christ is at stake. In the way you live. The reputation of Christ. Again is, is at stake. In the way you live. Again within your home. Within your workplace. Out in the community. Within the church. Wherever it is. You can recognize the importance of the fact. Although you've been cleansed. Again, the next step is to pursue Christ with all you have and to live a life of holiness and to live a life that is honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, make the name of Christ look good in your life. Again, as a Christian, you are you are you are as you call yourself a Christian, you are claiming to be a Christ follower, one that follows the way of Christ. And the world will look at that and you won't do it perfectly. None of us have. None of us will. But we ought to strive for that. We got to strive for a life that that brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you say, you know, I'm I'm like this leopard, you know, and I, you know, I, I have a great need, you know, sin is in my life and sin has 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 you know ruined my life and and sin, you know, i I'm, I'm in bondage to sin. Sin has control over me. And then you're in the same state as this leper we've talked about here. Every, every unsaved person is infected with this spiritual disease, disease of sin. Sin is defiling. Again, sin uh, leads to eternal damnation. And if you are unsaved this morning, then you are in desperate need of God's cleansing power. And there is only one person that can help you. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can to to no other person. Again, I can't do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. You must flee to Christ individually. You must flee to Christ individually and find the mercy and the grace, again, that he is offering. Again, God's answer to the spiritual leper that cries out, if thou will, thou canst make me clean, is, we see in the verse here, is always, I will be thou clean. God is both willing and, Bible makes it clear God is not one that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God is both willing and able to save those who come to Him by faith. Secondly, again, to those of us who know the cleansing of Christ, to those of us who have been saved by the grace of God, we've received that mercy. We have received that salvation, we've received that free gift. Again, then recognize that just as the disobedience of this leper hindered the ministry of Christ, so it is in our lives. When we go out into the world and we call ourselves a Christian, and yet we live like the world, we talk like the world, we act like the world, we, 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 we live in unrepentant sin, then the same thing happens here. We hinder the work of Christ. Again, and we, we, we mar the testimony of Christ. And we drag the name of Christ through the mud whenever we do that. The name of Christ is holy. The name of Christ, again, is is at stake in the way we live. And the Bible makes it clear in 2 Timothy 2.19, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And I ask you this morning, again, are you taking seriously the reputation of the name of Jesus Christ? Are you taking seriously the fact that as you go out into the world this week, again, and that as you call yourself a Christian, that the Lord is watching? Again, and like I said, you won't do it perfectly. And you'll still stumble. You'll still fall. You'll still sin. But even when you do that, again, you, you, you go to God. You find cleansing and forgiveness once again in Christ. Again, but then you get back up again, and you you follow him, and you, you pursue him with all you have because you recognize that You want to make his name look good. You want to make the name of Jesus Christ look look good in the way you live. And may that be our uh, again may that be our resolve this morning. May that be what every Christian aims for and resolves to do not just this week, but from here on. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. And God I pray, Lord, that you would take the word of God that has gone forth. And God that you would stir hearts with it, Lord. That the spirit of God would take the truth and Lord would apply it to each and every heart. Father God, I do pray, Lord, that Lord, if there is anyone here today who has never, uh, Lord, believed upon Christ, they have never been saved by the grace of God. They they are in this, Lord. I pray that they recognize, Lord, that they are in a desperate situation. Lord, that they are a heartbeat away from eternity in hell outside of Jesus Christ. Lord, but there is hope and there is forgiveness, and Lord, there is life and there is healing in Christ and Christ alone. And God, they can be spiritually healed from this fatal disease of sin. And God, they can be cleansed from all their sin. And they can have their sins cast as far as the east is from the west. Uh, Lord, that they can be redeemed by the grace of God. And God, I pray that they would flee to Christ today and find forgiveness and find uh, spiritual healing and find the hope that is in Christ. And God, I pray, Lord, for every believer that is here with us today, God, that you work in their hearts, work in their lives. God, I pray, Lord, that we would look at the testimony of this leper, Lord, and see that although they had been cleansed, Lord, still his disobedience, Father, had hindered the work of the Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would recognize, Lord, that our actions, our words, Lord, the way we interact with one another, the way that, uh, Lord, we we, we uh, Lord, interact with our spouse or with our children or children with parents or, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, extended family or co-workers or or neighbors or whoever it is Lord God that we can either uh, promote the work of the Lord or we can hinder the work of the Lord and God I pray that it be your hearts desire this morning Lord and God to live in such a way that the name of Christ looks good that the name of Christ is, is beautiful Lord because of the way we live and God I pray that we would depart from iniquity Lord, I pray that everyone who names the name of Christ Lord would flee would run would depart from sin and God, would we'll pursue holiness in Christ's likeness. God, we, we consider all that Christ has done for us, Lord. God, how could we sin? How could we go back to, Lord, just uh, Lord, just the, the, the filthiness of sin and the defiling, uh, Lord, just nature of sin? God, I pray that we would pursue Christ with all we have, Lord. And that we live lives that bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Recognizing, Lord, that your testimony is at stake in the way we live. God, I pray that we take that seriously. God, I pray that we would, Lord, just change in the areas we need to. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you would, go ahead and take out your hymnal. and let's turn to number 252.